Well, here we are uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 19. And let me just say on the back of that song, The World Was in Darkness, that at this particular time, uh, Israel had come through a difficult time. It was a period whenever men did what they felt was right in their own eyes, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes, the Bible says. It was the period known as the period of the judges. And Samuel was the, the last of the judges. But here we are reading now from chapter 1, verse 19. And Elkanah and Hannah rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned from Shiloh and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass... When the time was come about, after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode, and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. Eli was the high priest of that day at the tabernacle. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed. And the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Ending at verse 28. And may the Lord bless his word to all our hearts. If you check on the podcasts in our webpage, you will see that over these recent weeks I've been sharing about little people, little folks, a little boy or a little girl who is spoken of in the Bible. Today I want to speak to you about the little boy in Shiloh. And you read about him as we have just done so. And the book is named after him, Samuel. About 30 minutes drive north of Jerusalem, today you can arrive at a beautiful, prosperous, modern Shiloh. It's close by the biblical Shiloh of Samuel's day. It still holds many secrets and treasures from those ancient days. The tale, as it's known, the mound that was of ancient Shiloh, has yet to be fully explored. But the beautiful new modern settlement that is in that area today 
has all the modern facilities that anyone could ask for. As I've said, it's about 30 minutes' drive north of Jerusalem. My interest today revolves around the early life of the boy who became one of Israel's great leaders, namely Samuel. Samuel had a unique birth. That's the first thing I want to say about him. It seemed as if his mother Hannah was destined to be childless. And that was a source of great sorrow to Hannah, because to be childless in Israel was a reason to feel great shame and to be somewhat second class. It was a cause not only of great sorrow to her, but it was a cause of supplication. Hannah prayed and prayed desperately and earnestly that God would give her conception and that she would be able to bear a child. But it didn't seem as if anything was happening. Every year the family would make their pilgrimage from Ramah to Shiloh, the place of worship. The tabernacle had been settled there and was to be there for quite a number of years, and so people would come from all the surrounding area in the area known as Ephraim. They would come to this place called Shiloh, to the place of worship. And in chapter 1 of 1 Samuel, we find Hannah crying to God. You know, whenever you've got a problem and you've got a situation over which you have really no control, what do you do? Well, Hannah did the thing that anybody should do. She called to the Lord. And the Bible says, Call upon me, and God says, Call upon me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And so we find her crying to God, so much so that even old Eli thought that she was drunken because her lips were moving, but there was no sound. It was a heart cry. Perhaps there's someone listening to me today and you've got a heart cry. I want you to know that even though there's no audible voice coming from your lips, God hears and answers prayer. And we find Hannah making a vow to the Lord. And she says, Lord, if you will give me a child, if you will give me a son, I will give him to you and he will serve you all the days of his life and he will be a Nazarite to you. In other words, he will be consecrated uh, solely to your service. I will give him to you as an offering for the rest of his life. So she makes her vow to God. In that chapter, chapter 1, we find that Hannah is comforted by God because he gives her a promise and tells her that she will bear a son, that she will have a child, Eli answered and said, Go in peace, the God of Israel grant you your petition that you have asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. She took God at his word. That's a good thing to do. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Have you got a promise today that you're standing on? Well, keep on believing. God will answer prayer. Keep on believing. There's nothing to fear. Keep on believing. Faith in the night as well as the day. And Samuel was born in the following year. The Lord heard and answered Hannah's cry. And this little boy was given to her and her husband by the Lord. 
His name is significant. It's actually a combination of three Hebrew words, but simply it means heard of God or asked of God. And all of Samuel's life was to be both an answer to prayer and to be a great man of prayer. In actual fact, in Psalm 99 and verse 6, in Jeremiah 15 verse 1, Samuel is singled out as a man of singular prayer power, and praise God for that. What about his mother? Well, his mother's name was Hannah. She was a woman of grace, which is what Hannah means, a woman of grace. When Samuel was born, being her firstborn, He was to be dedicated to God by the offering of a sacrifice, and that was laid down in the law in Exodus chapter 13, verses 11 to 13. But Hannah went beyond that. Hannah went to the lengths that I have already referred to. Along with Elkanah, her husband, Samuel was being given to the Lord as a consecrated offering to serve the Lord and the nation as a Levite, a Nazarite, a prophet, and a judge. I've got a question for you. What are your aspirations for your children, or for your grandchildren even, for that matter? You know, I think about Marshall as we were listening to him there, and I remember when they were two little boys, he and his brother, that even the walls of their bedroom, the wallpaper, had the Word of God on the wallpaper, imprinted on it. And I remember their daddy saying, Hal, his father saying, that he believed in settling down as boys at night, surrounded by the Word of God. I almost think I can recall that they had pajamas as well that had the Bible verses on them, because he believed in clothing them in God's Word. And he and his wife began to pray for the boys in their very early years that they would not only come to the Lord, but that somewhere God would be preparing the person that they would eventually marry. And they prayed that for the boys all through their boyhood years. You can't start soon enough. You can't start early enough in your children's lives and pray for your grandchildren. Yvonne and I do that daily for not only our children, but for our grandchildren. And we'd rather see them in the service of God than become millionaires and famous people in this world. I trust today that that's the aspirations that you have for your offspring, and indeed for your children's children. Well, a little bit about Samuel's childhood call. True to their vow, Samuel's parents brought him in very tender years to the house of God, where he remained, to be prepared for the service of the Lord. During the succeeding years, they would visit him, and every year his mother brought him a new coat. It says, a little coat. He was a little boy. Children were usually weaned at three years of age. I don't know exactly at what time Samuel was brought to the tabernacle at Shiloh to stay there, to board there, and to begin to be mentored and trained and prepared for the ministry that he would fulfill in later years. But with all the surrounding influences of religion that he had, we read these words in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord revealed to him. 
But that was to change one night, because we read in chapter 3, verse 4 of 1 Samuel, the Lord called Samuel. The Lord called Samuel. Didn't we hear in that testimony how God called Marshall as a little boy of five? My wife had the joy of leading our children to the Lord when they were six years of age. And we praise God for all those children that we have seen come to the Lord through the years, those parents and friends that we have who led their children to the Savior in tender years. Thank God for the power of the gospel to reach the hearts of boys and girls. Praise God for all those who are involved in this ministry, even today in the 21st century, reaching boys and girls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of the greatest teachers and preachers that the world has known and the church has had have been those who have been saved in tender years, called by the Lord, called by the Spirit of God. Thank the Lord for that. And I trust today that your children and your grandchildren will come to the Savior in early life. Dr. Warren Wearsby suggests that Samuel may have been about 12 years of age at this time. But what a significant moment it was in his life. It's not without significance that we also read in verse 19 of 1 Samuel 3 that Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and none of his words fell to the ground. And all Israel knew that Samuel was called to be a prophet of the Lord. Yes, the stamp of God was on his life. It was known, and he was recognized as a man, a young man, a boy, in fact, who was moved upon by God, appointed by the Lord, all the way from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. I'm told a distance of some 200 miles. So many great teachers and preachers have been saved in childhood years and given to the Lord by their parents and now are serving Him. In brief and in conclusion, Samuel's prophetic ministry. I have to say what the writer to the Hebrews said in chapter 11 of Hebrews and verse 32, What shall I more say? For the time would fail me, to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets who through faith obtained a good report. You should read about Samuel's life. He had a great life, a powerful ministry, to high and low, reproving kings, anointing David for service as well, reproving Saul, the king who wandered from the Lord, and meeting old Agag the Amalekite and slaying him. Thank God he can take up a boy or a girl, lead them to a knowledge of his grace, and then make that life a power for God and good in the midst of evil. Let me ask you, what about the influence that your life is exuding today? What about the impact that your life is making on your generation and on the generations that are following you? I trust today that as we think about the little boy in Shiloh, that we will think about Samuel and then read more about him in the book that's called after him. And I know you will be truly blessed. 
May the Lord bless his word to our hearts today.